So, 7.35, we're spending more on private education in this country as the figure topped 18 trillion won last year. A May to September government survey of 43,000 parents at more than 1,400 elementary, middle and high schools also found that average monthly education spending exceeds 250,000 won per month. And high-income households spent nine times as much as low-income counterparts, according to the Education Ministry and Statistics Korea. So, having laid that out, let's bring in Tiana, analyst at Early Childhood and Schools Division from the OECD. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, So first, what is your immediate response to the disparity in spending for private education between high and low income families? Uh, So I think that this is one factor in Korea that may contribute towards a widening performance gap between advantaged and uh, disadvantaged students. Uh, because it is highly correlated with socioeconomic status, as you mentioned. And if the gap is growing between disadvantaged and advantaged households in terms of spending time and money on these uh, private education systems, it is going to contribute towards widening achievement gap among students, which can be problematic over the long run. Um, what about the, the polarization generally of private education here when considering that the number of students last year dropped by 3.4% overall, but still spending increased for the first time in seven years? So that can reflect some um, the differences in intensity and quality that they spend on private education. And uh, according to the most recent cycle of PISA data, uh, Korean students spend on average 20 additional hours per week on studying after school, which is one of the top five among the OECD countries. And what is more problematic is that Korea has the largest gap among uh, OECD countries when it comes to studying, uh, studying time after school by school socioeconomic status. That means students at- attending the well-off schools or the advantaged schools Uh, located in the top quarter of the socioeconomic status in the country, uh, attend about 10 more hours of studying after school than students who go to more disadvantaged schools, let's say, um, in the bottom quarter. So this this is in line with what they're finding in terms of spending more because they are doing more of this after school, basically. So how much are we spending here compared to other OECD nations? Um, from what I fi- found is that uh, in, in Korea, the share of expenditure on education of primary, secondary, and post-secondary non-tertiary education that comes from household funds accounts for 14% about of all expenditure, while the OECD average is about 7.4%. And and there were big gaps in spending among different regions as well. It's not just um, a, a case of looking... Uh, how much people earn because Seoul was found to be spending an average of 352,000 won uh, double than South Jolla province for example Um, is that a major concern for you? Um, Personally I don't think how much you spend on private education should be the marker in judging the success of students later life and also that there's the average income level is different average living costs are different so there might be a different av- differences in average price tag for these private 
uh, Hagwans in compared to Seoul and these different regions. But I think if there, the gap persists within the region, accounting for socioeconomic status, then that can be problematic in the long run. Um, but just the number itself, to me, I don't think that uh, it's absolute number doesn't mean much unless you take into account the relative difference. But the government's also actually facing criticism because the average monthly spending figure of 250,000 won seems to be far lower than than what many people are spending on on private education. They're obviously spending that money because they think it's going to give their children an advantage. Do, Do you agree with that criticism? Um... From what I understand from the the article, I think they um, they ca- when they're calculating the average spending, they should have counted those families who are not sending their kids to these hagwons as missing values instead of zeros. So when they put them as zeros, they're actually driving down the average when it actually is higher. So I think that this can be like a signal to the government or the uh, society to think about, okay, is the public education system not enough or not doing enough to um, the students' learning and their, uh, for their preparing for their future? Maybe we can go through some of the, the possible solutions here. Um, for example, how could we revamp the current public education system to make it more appealing? So, um, as I was talking before, I think you should kind of step back and think about what are the public education systems not providing that private education systems excel at. It can, um, they can start looking at different policies to improve the quality of after-school programs. Um, I think that the satisfaction level of those programs are not that high, as far as I understand, Um, and making that particularly more accessible for low-income students. I think that would be really helpful. What about some of the government measures to crack down on on private education? Um, I feel that it is more important to think about the approach and the way that the public schools or the school systems teach in general rather than cracking down on the private education itself because the demand for private education will go down to a certain extent if parents and students feel that they can do equally well with what they do in school only. But if obviously if they're not feeling that there's a void in terms of what they want to learn, then they just cracking down on the system won't help, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, some presidential hopefuls are actually talking about abolishing all kinds of private education altogether uh, among the pledges that are being put forward. Presumably, then, you're not uh, in favour of that uh, kind of extreme measure. Um, First of all, I don't think that's going to be realistic. And if you think about the size of the industry and all the teachers and the labour market force that's involved in this, private education industry, this is going to be a, have a huge impact on the economy. And without, if you're not fundamentally changing what seems to be problematic in terms of parents and students' pers- perspective in um, the education system, just cracking down on one side of the supply is not going to solve the problem. I mean, is it healthy, do you think, to have the choice 
as in other countries. I think of my own upbringing in, in the UK when this um, divide between state education and, and private education, not necessarily Hagwon culture, but just uh, generally some parents paying a lot more for their children to be educated in, in a manner in which they thought, I presume again, would give them the best advantage in life. Is it healthy to have that kind of choice in your view? I think I think parents and students should have all the choice that they would need in terms of deciding what they think they're best for their kids. But I think the the more worrisome picture in Korea is that everybody is thinking that, oh, if I don't send my kids to private school or Hagwon, they're going to fall behind of other kids because everybody else is doing so. I think about 70% of kids attend these schools after um, classes. But my worry is that in terms of their well-being, they're sacrificing their sleep, they're sacrificing their time to relax and have the time to do other activities to go to these excessive uh, amount of study hours after school, which can take a toll on their health and well-being. And with the pressure and already they have already enough stress and pressure from school. So I think for me that's more worrisome rather than the choice of having to go to private education or systems or have ones after school, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, indeed. I mean, because I was just wondering about this idea of instead of instead of treating public or state education as as some sort of daycare and then and then spending all the money on private education rather perhaps introducing sure. a system or making a system more widespread anyway whereby parents choose either private education during the daytime or state education during the daytime yes i think but the distinction in korea is not as prominent as in other systems like the us or the uk so from parents' point of view, I think education system, like, okay, schools are schools, but Hagwons are something else. Like, it, it has, it's an additional factor that can help, they think that presumably helps students uh, learning. So, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, I, I mean, I, I know of some exceptions to that rule, but I think a lot of people still do have that entrenched Hagwon idea. Mm -hmm. I, I also just want to ask you... Uh, to elaborate a little bit on what we touched on there, which is to get inside the minds of the parents. Do you do you sympathise with them growing, raising children in a country like this one, where competition seems to be so fierce? We hear about youth unemployment rising. It seems to be quite difficult. I'm a parent myself here to to make the right choices for your children. Sure, I I can totally. I mean, I'm not a parent, but. I know what my parents went through and I know some friends of, you know, some of my friends are also parents and they, st they already start worrying about this and because of the uncertain future and volatility and there are many factors that parents can worry about in terms of what's best for their children in the future and, and if, if they think that this is smaller, you know, they have smaller families now and they have one or two kids and they feel like, okay, if I can invest all I can, I'm going to do this on Hagwon or private tutoring or whatnot um, to make sure that they are prepped for this uncertain future with high unemployment rates and economic crisis and all that. So yes. I can sympathize with them, but but I don't know what's, what's best. It's uh, it's an empirical question, I guess. But. Indeed. Anna, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us and offering uh, your own expertise in the subject.
Well, thank you for having me. Have a good day. You too. Tia Anna from the OECD. Apologies there. We obviously had a slight delay on the line. Hope that didn't uh, distract you too much from what is a hugely important issue. And maybe you'll have something that you want to add to it yourself. Top-down change often doesn't prove to be that successful. But like with many of our other subjects that we talk about, cultural change takes just so much time and consistent policy and efforts and desire from people. Uh, so text us your thoughts. Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.